0: Welcome to The Entrepreneur's Cafe, where master business coach Erica Ross Krieger and her special guests teach you how to create true entrepreneurial wealth from the inside out. Grab your favorite podcast beverage and get ready for The Entrepreneur's Cafe. Now here's your host, Erica Ross Krieger.
1: Welcome to The Cafe, wealthies. I'm glad you've stopped in for this episode as we continue to explore the many aspects of true wealth from the inside out. Well, sit back or actually lean forward and prepare to be inspired. Today, we're going to take a look at an arena that has many of my entrepreneurial clients looking for answers. And that's the arena of self-publishing their books and asking, should I? In fact, should I even write one? Well, I couldn't be happier than I am right now to spend this episode with a true master in the book publishing and self-publishing space. So drink in every drop of the wisdom she shares with us today. And as I do, I know you'll adore the CEO of Zebra Inc., Sheila Kennedy, as well as her wisdom. So let me introduce her believing everyone has a story to tell sheila kennedy supports others as they write their wisdom speak their stories and impact the world sheila serves best by leading others through the minefield of vulnerability traveled when sharing your hard won wisdom with others a two-time solo author a co-author of a best-selling memoir and an award-winning anthology a publisher, and a publicity and marketing strategist, Sheila opens the doors of opportunity for authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to be seen, heard, and hired. Now, aside from her daughter, her greatest joy in life is connecting authors with the resources and audience they need to succeed. I can testify. Sheila is a fireball whose passion is helping others build their pages, their platform, and their profits. Welcome to the cafe, Sheila Kennedy. Well, thank you, Erica. It is a pleasure to be here. I am so excited. We've only talked about this forever.
0: I know. It's exciting to finally make it happen.
1: Yes, ma'am. So let's start, if you would, with how you came to form Zebra Inc. after you released your book, Choices to Changes. And now tell us what Zebra Inc. does.
0: Sure. So in 2013, I started my foray into the publishing world and by being an author. And I had published a couple of books by 2016 and didn't have the most amazing experience. I am very grateful for the publisher that I had, but I had always a lot of questions and there were some things that just didn't always sit right with me. And I was determined after Choices to Changes came out that I was going to create an experience for people who wanted to self-publish or to, you know, publish their books that was helpful and beneficial. And I wanted them to have an excellent experience. And so that's when I started the Zebra Inc. And I thought if I created a label, that they could borrow (laughs) if they wanted to. Um, But I have always been very encouraging. I love to have people self-publish. They shouldn't need to feel like they need somebody else to say what they want to say is valid. And, um, you know, so I've always been a staunch advocate of self-publishing and love to help them all along the way.
1: You are a champion of your authors, that's for sure. So what are some of the ways that the authors who do choose to self-publish have even like your view of what are the greater advantages, maybe even than those who go with a publishing house, with a traditional publisher?
0: Well, I have to be honest with you. A lot of it is economics for me. And (laughs) um, when you engage with a traditional publisher, Um, There's a couple things that you need to be aware of if that's the path you choose. One is that you probably need an agent. Most publishers are not just looking at anybody. They have agents that bring them material. Um, And it's very difficult and it could be a lengthy process. It can also be a costly process, you know, in the the long run, because you end up having to pay that, that agent a percentage of your proceeds. The other thing is that you could lose rights to your content. And I'm a staunch believer that everybody should make their money on their own brilliance and nobody else should. <laughs> so, you know, but that's something that, that people need to be aware of, that authors need to be aware of, that they could lose the rights to their content, um, the ability to change it, to edit it. You know, once once the deal is signed, it's signed. So that's something to be aware of. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's always forever. Sometimes it's a two-year period. Sometimes it's a six-year period, whatever. Um, it depends on the publisher. But that's something to be aware of. Some people very, get very excited because of the idea of an advance. So if you got an advance from a traditional publisher, let's say one of the big five, you know, offers you $25,000 in advance to publish this book, what happens is that that's an advance of the profits that are coming, which means you don't get a dime until that advance is paid back. So you have to make 25,000 plus in what would be your royalty before you get any more money. So um, just spend that wisely because it might be a while before you see any more. (laughs) That's (laughs) the only thing I want to tell people. Um, So with the
1: economic situation, then there's, Definite advantage to self
0: publishing. Well, and here's the other thing you know, a a huge complaint is that when people use hybrid or vanity publishers, they get upset that they have to pay for services that they're provided. Because when you go to a traditional publisher, you don't feel like you have to pay anything um, for the editing, the book cover, those kinds of things. I can assure you that you are paying for them. What happens is that you pay with, with, self-publishing or with hybrid publishing, you are paying for, you know, for those services up front. But then the royalties or all of the money made on the book is yours to keep. You don't have to split that with anyone. You don't have to, you know, pay other people for getting you the deal, you know, the whole thing, all of the profit is yours. So if you use a traditional publisher, no, you don't have to put any money up front. However, like the big five are paying 12.5% of the retail price as your take. So all of that, Mm -hmm. okay, and if you do the math, um, if you really sit down and do do the math on that, they end up getting for the lifetime of that book, thousands and thousands and thousands more dollars than you would ever have spent Mm -hmm. with a $5,000 publishing deal with a hybrid publisher. And so you're out money. So yes, it feels like it's very, you know, luxurious and glamorous and, and all of those, but you end up losing money a lot of times because you don't gain in any money. And so, um, you know, I just want people to be aware of that. Like, I just don't, I mean, knowing all of those things, I personally, The only thing I personally think that traditional publishing should be called vanity publishing because it's your ego. It's your ego. (laughs) We like to hear that somebody else thinks what we have to say is valid. And that's one of the things that I love being able to do is to prove to people (laughs) that they have something worthy to say without validation of anybody else. And it may not have millions of people that want to buy the book or hear what they have to say, but there is somebody. And it's our job to figure out where those people are um, and connect them. So,
1: fabulous. So, what would you say is the best way? And I don't know, you could probably you could probably, take, you know, I've, I've heard you talk before. You could probably take three days and answer this one, but, <laughs> but what's the best way to navigate the world of self-publishing? Like where do people start? And I'm going to put that ball in your court and you take it where you want to run with it.
0: Sure. Okay. So um, if you think that you have something, enough material or a message that you want to put into a book, I think the first thing that you need to do to be a responsible author in, in a certain respect is to consider your ideal reader. And, you know, I love when people come to me before they've actually started writing because then we can create something that is very pointed and very poignant for the reader. So, creating an avatar, creating that ideal reader, what they feel, what they get excited about what they get angry about, where do they hang out? What are their, what's their lifestyle like and what is it that you want to tell them? And then I usually have them write a letter to, you know, and write their book almost as a letter to their audience, because what happens when they do that and they have all of those things in mind, then what happens is they use the vocabulary that will attract their ideal reader. And so in order to sell the book later, in order to have a great marketing campaign that really becomes a magnet for their ideal readers, they need to write with them in mind. Because what happens and when people write like that, what happens is they end up hearing things from their audience like that author was in my head. I didn't even know I felt that way until I read that, but they, they knew exactly, they put into words exactly how I feel. And that's marketing gold. You cannot reproduce that. You know, I mean, that's just beautiful work. So I'm and easy work. So it's best to start out that way um, if you're going to. And then there are lots of questions that everybody has usually, but you know, the next part of that is there's two paths really when you're going to be self-publishing. There's the logistics part of it, you know, you've written a book, okay, and now you need to have it edited. You need to have it formatted. You need to have a book cover done. You need to have some marketing taken care of. But then there's that whole marketing piece that needs to happen at the same time that the logistics are happening because you need to give yourself at least 90 days of prep time for the marketplace, especially if you're a debut author before you launch a book because you have to introduce yourself to the marketplace as an author. They're used to you as the business owner or you know, the spouse or the mom or whoever, whatever you've done in your life prior to writing this book, that's how people think of you. They don't think of you as the author. And so, yes, your friends and family are going to support you and they're going to help promote and they're going to buy. But that shouldn't be enough. (laughs) You should want more than that. And so it's going to take some time to build that audience, to build that platform. And that's a big thing with with traditional publishing as well. One more point about that is that most traditional publishers will only take on your book if you have an audience big enough to sell it to. And so if your platform is not big enough, they tell you to come back when when it is. Oh boy, do I know that one. Right. And you also have to have, they want to know what you're going to do for marketing. So everybody believes that these traditional publishers are going to do so much for their marketing. They really don't. You have to do the majority of the work yourself. And if you're going to do the majority of the work, then you may as well get paid for it. Amen. Right? (laughs) So I, I just, so those are, but those are things that, you know, the, the, navigating that marketing path, the launch sequence, the, you know, things like a book brigade, which is a a group of people that will promote your book for you for free. And those are also people that are not necessarily your friends and family. These are people that are influencing your ideal reader. Like we don't want to just have anybody have you be on their podcast. We don't want, you know, I mean, yes, all publicity is good publicity, but at the same time, let's get some bang for your buck, right? I don't need to be on the mom hour if my whole focus is, um, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors or, you know, something like they, like they have nothing to do with that. Like, so <laughs> why would I want to be on that podcast? So those are things that, you know, need to be identified, having all of your marketing materials prepared, having things like a press kit, having things like a list of media that you will reach out to, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And what happens after the book is launched? Because it there's so much. I mean, I hate to break it to people, but the easy part is the writing. (laughs) Because guess what? This book doesn't ever go away. You will always feel a responsibility to market this book, to share this book with other people. And I think that's, you know, one of the other reasons why I started my company is because I didn't want to promote my books. I didn't want to sell my books because I wasn't necessarily that proud of them. And I didn't, I don't ever want anyone to feel that way. It's such a fantastic and beautiful thing that you do as an author. And then to not want to share your work with other people, that's, that's awful. And so helping them, you know, helping authors with the marketing aspect of the book is really important.
1: So while we're in this neck of and I hope I'm not taking you too off track, but what comes up for some people that ask me about, well, I, and I, tell them where who they should talk to and send them your way if I can. What's up lately with the whole do you do a print book or an ebook? Can you say anything about that?
0: Sure. I absolutely think that they should do both because I think that there's readers that are very staunch loyalists to both genres or to both versions, right. Um, what I do believe though is that you don't launch them at the same time. Because I think that it extends the marketing cycle for you. So you let's say that you launch the print book first, and you are tired of saying the same thing, you feel like you're just pounding all the same people and everything else, which, you know, there's ways to make that not happen. But anyway, But having a new version of the book come out gives you another something to talk about, something different, something exciting. And so what I've been doing with most of the authors is is launching them at different times. And if you look at the trends of traditional publishing, you will see that they do that as well. Usually they'll have one version. They'll do a paperback or um, a hardback or they'll do... um, the ebook, two of those at the same time. And then six months, even a year later, they release the other version. And again, it's just a way to renew all of the excitement of the book again.
1: Cool. So, not an either or, but an and. And cool. Yeah.
0: It's usually a, a question of when. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer in both.
1: <laughs> now, I happen to know that once upon a time you were known as the confidence coach. So does that
0: help you with the authors you work with? And if so, how? Absolutely, it does. Uh, <laughs> I was a confidence coach and I still, I think that the majority of my work is, is really about confidence building. And um, I will say that writing a book is probably one of the most vulnerable things you'll ever do. I think it's worse than like being naked in front of Times Square. You know, like I can't imagine because you are really putting, and I, I suppose to a certain degree we do this whenever we post on social media, but you are putting your heart and soul into a written document that can be judged and critiqued from for the rest of history. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that comes up with that, especially things like imposter syndrome. Um, you know, that, that inner critic gets really loud and 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 it's normal, it happens because you're doing something you're leveling up when you become an author. And when you do that, your body, its job is to keep you safe. And it likes your comfort zone. It likes the way, you know, homeostasis is good. And when we do something that is going to take us out of that, and and put us into a new, you know, hormonal imbalance, if nothing else, the body does whatever it can to shut that down. And that shows up like those little voices in your head that say, who are you to write a book? Who's gonna read your book? You have nothing to say. Now's not the time. Right, exactly, all of those things. And so my job becomes deconstructing that. And all of the fear that comes up for people, it's, you know, fear is a mental construct. So I get the, I get the privilege to help deconstruct that for people and to help show them the evidence that they are the exact person to say whatever they, that means something to them and to bring it out into the world. What a beautiful message. Thank you. So
1: it sounds like. What people deciding to self-publish need is sort of a roadmap. Yeah. <laughs> <Now>, I happen <laughs> <clever>. to know <laughs> clever. I happen to know you provide something like that. You want to tell us about it? I do.
0: Well, it's it came because it or it was developed because there were more people that I wanted to help that can't afford all of the services, you know, a full publishing package. And I hate to see people not publishing. I hate to see them feel like they're, they're stuck and they can't do it. Um, So I want it, but they need information. And so I wanted to provide that information for them so that they have, they understand the logistics. They know who they have to go find, you know, whether it's an editor and what kind of editor you know who does formatting and what's what are things that they have to remember? How do they choose a printing house? How do they distribute the book? All of those kinds of things. There's so many questions. I mean, things about pricing, um, even barcodes and ISBN numbers. Mm-hmm. Very capable of doing it all themselves. They just need to know what to do. And then there's all that marketing, that marketing path as well. And because there's two parallel roads or paths that somebody, an author has to travel on, I have created a program that provides information for both. And so that after this eight weeks, um, an author can walk out and say, I can do this on my own. And I get to help them do things that I see everybody struggle with. Things like writing an author bio for them, for their, for their book, because nobody can write their best bio. Um, (laughs) That's just, none of us can do it. Yep, And, um, like a book description, you're too much in the middle of your book and you can't write an objective description. Um, you know, let them take a stab at it. I review it. I get to, you know, I put my two cents in what, how can this attract people? You know, what needs to be said, those kinds of things. Um, So I provide some on-hand services, but I really am just giving them information and support all along the way.
1: Eight-week, basically a self-publishing roadmap course. It is. That's exactly what it is. Cool. So we'll make sure we put a link to finding out about that in the show notes when we do that. Absolutely. Thank you. So tell me more about from the zebra ink side of things, then one way to work with you is to do that eight week course. And the other way would be,
0: well, if you haven't started writing yet, it would be wonderful if you um, joined our writer circle, we Mm -hmm. actually have another one that's starting and those are usually limited to six months, but you know, a lot of people get stuck because while they're writing, because they let everything else happen and let life take over. Um, They don't have anybody holding them accountable, but they also don't have anybody providing them feedback. And so what I've found is that there's people that write entire books, and they go off on a tangent, it has nothing to do with what they really want to say. And so I hate to have people waste their time. And so um, I kind of keep them on track. We we really dig into what their goals are as an author and what they want their audience to get out of the book. And they would provide a writing submission every couple of weeks. And then in, I give them feedback in writing so that we kind of fill out or fill in the, the gaps that might be missing or maybe take some things out. Like, is this really pertinent? Is this really going to enhance the reader's experience? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's that's one of the other main ways that I've been working with people is, is really, you know, and I do one-on-one coaching with that as well. Some people don't want to have a group environment, but that's what what we meet as a group every two weeks. And um, I find that that community is really strong and they really are very supportive of each other. And it's really nice to know writing is such an isolating activity. and feel kind of lonely and it, it feels like you're alone. And so this group has provided just, you know, community to each other or for each other. And um, that I love, you know, being able to have people walk away feeling supported um, because, you know, it's tough when you have nobody saying you're doing a good job or let me help you make it better. Or, you know, if you are feeling certain fears or whatever, we address those, or I don't know how to write my introduction. Okay, well, let's talk about this. I don't know how to organize my book. Okay, let's talk about it. And and it's just been a great, great experience. That That's virtual? It is. Okay. Everything is virtual. Mm-hmm.
1: Great. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, now, I know that our listeners can't see, but should they go to your website or even follow you on Facebook, they'll notice this zebra. Hanging (laughs) around. So, come on, tell us the story. What's up with the zebra?
0: Why the zebra? (laughs) Okay, I will tell you. All right. Um, Probably 10 years ago now, I was going through a really hard time in life and I felt like I was caught or pinned between the rock and a hard place. And I had said to a friend of mine that I didn't have any choices. Like, I was just going to get smashed. I didn't have any recourse for getting out. And he reminded me that, Sheila, you always have a choice. And so I started thinking about my choices and I realized that he was right. And I realized that I had other forces of action available to me. And I slayed the giant and got out of the corner and I didn't get smashed by the rock. And it was one of the most empowering things I've ever encountered. And I was determined after choosing my way out of that situation that seemed so harmful that I wanted to spend the rest of my life telling other people that they always had a choice too. And we can't always choose ourselves out of a situation, but we always get to choose our reaction and um or our response. And so, and nobody can take that away from you. And um so a few months after that incident happened, I was reading a poem by Shel Silverstein and the poem is titled The Thing About Zebras. And he had asked the zebra, are you black with white stripes or white with black stripes? And the zebra answered with, well, are you neat with sloppy ways or sloppy with neat ways? Are you good with bad habits or bad with good habits? And it went on and on and on. And the poet decided that he would never ask the zebra a question again. Um, but what that when I read that poem and I saw the zebra, and I, I really looked at what the questions they were posing, it was all about choice. We get to choose. And so I use the zebra print as a visual reminder that I have the power to choose. And so that's why my company is named the Zebra Inc. And <laughs> the zebra has been my mascot in um, you know, from the very beginning, um when I started, uh, my coaching practice a long, long time ago.
1: How powerful, right? I mean, and our listeners, all of you who are thinking about writing books, you have a choice. You have a choice to say yes to that urge that's calling you. You have a choice to say yes or no to whether you're going to follow it. You have a choice to do and follow the path of self-publishing. You have a choice to pick up the phone and call Sheila. You have a choice. <laughs> you have a lot of choices, guys. Yeah, oh, Sheila, that's wonderful.
0: Well, and I think you know when I talk about the zebra moment, often in the course of a lifetime or course of the the path for an author, and what that zebra moment is, is it's that, and and I think everybody will remember it and. You know, I'm sure you can attest to this. It's that moment when we decide that what we have to share is more important than avoiding the discomfort that comes with sharing it.
1: Zebra Moments, maybe yeah. that's what we should have titled
0: the uh, episode Zebra Moments.
1: I don't know that everybody will know what that means, but right. at, l- at least it'll be the subtitle Zebra yeah. Moments. Oh, my gosh, that's what What an extra gem of a gift from you today.
0: Thank you for that so much. Thank you. It's been so wonderful to share with you today.
1: Thank you for stopping by the cafe. We'll have to do it again. And uh, maybe next time we'll pull a panel of um, authors in who have ideas and play with that.
0: That sounds wonderful. I love it.
1: All right. Well, wealthies always remember that success is in your nature and true wealth starts from the inside out. All of the info from today's episode can be found in the show notes, including a link to Sheila's website, where you can find info on our next eight week self-publishing roadmap course, as well as my entrepreneur's free wealth kit and links to find Sheila on social media. So have a fabulous week, my friends. All right, podcast team, take us out.
0: Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Cafe podcast. If you like the show, please rate, recommend, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts so we can spread the positivity and the love of entrepreneuring from the inside out. Until next time, my friends, listen to your big entrepreneurial heart. Follow your passion. Take that inspired action and be boldly and brilliantly you. You can get more valuable advice and inspiration from Erica's free Entrepreneur's Toolkit over at ericarosscoach.com forward slash toolkit.